You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovery Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Hand Properties. And today we have Greg Jun, Jun, Greg Jun, and um, he actually recently co-authored a book um, called The Success Habits of Super Achievers. He's got chapters in there from uh, Darren Hardy, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, um, the Chicken Soup Soul Creator, um, Mark Victor Hansen and uh, Kyle Wilson, and um, he's actually about to go number one in over 30 categories on Amazon um, as a bestseller. Um, He's also a full-time real estate investor in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, he also uh, is getting into uh, syndications, so creating, helping create passive income um, by investing passively in in bigger deals. Uh, He's from Long Island, New York, so uh, we have something in common there. And uh, Greg, thanks for coming on the show. Let's talk about your book. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, let's just dive right in. Sure. So what is it? What's a success habit? Can you, let's talk about some of these. Sure. Um, So a success habit, at least to me, that was basically what I wrote in my chapter. Um, Just how habits really changed my life, you know, business-wise, personally. Um, And a success habit is anything from, you know, reading every day for 10 minutes to 30 minutes or whatever you really want to put on your plate that you probably know you should do. Um, you see other people doing that are successful, but you don't do it for whatever reason. Um, so that's kind of what I talk about in my chapter of the book. Um, you know, just those, those habits that really helped me and a little bit of my backstory of, um, like you mentioned, you know, uh, being in real estate and being from New York and now I'm in Arizona. So it kind of covered, uh, you know, a few areas there, but it was mainly about uh, just transforming your life through, through creating habits and sticking with it. Great. Um, so can you talk about any, was there any main habits? Maybe, I don't know if you have 10 or five of them we can kind of go through um, that, you know, helped you achieve your success. Yeah. So um, I can, I can basically tell you one of them that knocked down a lot of those dominoes was um, a book that I read. It was the miracle morning by Hal Elrod, a very popular book. And it took me a couple of rounds to really um, to get into it because I tried it once it lasted about a week and then I just failed. So then I tried it again and then I failed. So I, I think it was the third time where I really wrapped my head around it. And, um, and that one just knocked out so many things, uh, you know, waking up early, working out, drinking a lot of water, reading, writing. I mean, there's five or six right there. Um, and I can proudly say, you know, from the beginning of this year, I'm down 30 pounds. So a lot of that has to do with the miracle morning and just getting my mindset right for, you know, those morning activities, which um, I never thought I would do because I like sleeping and I don't like alarms, but um, it's amazing what habits can do to you. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite books as well. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that process a little bit more? Um, What does Hal recommend you do? So like, what do you do when the alarm goes off? What's like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So I know everybody has their own uh, variations on the miracle morning, but um, you know, his, his routine is, um, you know, wait, it's called savers and, um, you know, it's silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And scribing is basically just writing. 
Um, so, you know, I, I basically wake up at, you know, 6.30 instead of 8.30, what I was normally waking up at. And I was using those two hours, uh, or I use those two hours now to basically get all those things done and just really take that time for myself before my, you know, business day starts. Um, and it really just clears my head and really focuses me on the day or the week or a specific task. Um, and those are things that I just do pretty much every day at this point. Um, and it's just been a great, it, it moved the needle quite a bit for me, which I'm really thankful for. That's awesome. Um, so is there anything else besides the, the morning routine? I know it's a big one, um, you know, even for myself. Uh, what, what else have you seen, you know, from the super achievers? Um, yeah, so from the, from the book itself, um, you know, in my chapter, um, I do actually talk about, um, you know, me and my wife, we, we sleep in separate bedrooms just because we were, you know, both kind of snoring and that kind of thing. So um, just those small little changes that I never thought when somebody mentioned that to me, I was like, oh, that sounds crazy. Like, why wouldn't you sleep in the same bed as your wife? Then I really thought about it and I was like, well, it could be beneficial for both of us. And it has been. Um, so that's one of the little areas that I talk about in the book, just those little things that I never really thought I would do that sounded crazy to me at first. And then when you really think about it and analyze it, you're like, all right, well, let's give it a try. Let's see how it works. And if it's a failure, then that's cool. That's, you know, one less thing you have to worry about. And um, that turned into a success. So we both, you know, have our own kind of sleeping areas and sleeping habits and patterns around that. And um, it's been, it's been great for both of us. So that's just one little, little thing that I never thought I would do, but I'm really glad that I did. Awesome. So how is um, the co-authoring the book and the, the, um, the, the practices that you've been teaching uh, in the book um, apply to your professional? I know you mentioned your personal life, you're down 30 pounds, which is great, um, pretty quickly too. Um, and so what about the real estate? How has it impacted that business for you? Yeah, so it's impacted me quite a bit. Um, you know, up, up until this point, this past summer, I hit my five-year mark as a residential realtor here in Phoenix. And I was doing real estate investing, investment uh, kind of on the side. So I'd probably say it was like 80% realtor and then 20% real estate investing. Um, but when I really was writing my chapter and reading the other stories in this book, um, it really made me um, analyze things. And especially, you know, this year with 2020, obviously, I think a lot of people are um, self-reflecting and realizing what's really important to them. Um, so that's when I really flip-flopped it. I said, you know what? I really love real estate investing. Um, I like being a realtor, don't get me wrong, but um, real estate investing is really where my passion is and, you know, reading books and listening to podcasts like yours. And um, I've really just felt like that's where I really wanted to be. That's where my passion lied. So over the summer, I hit my five-year mark and I really just decided to, to basically flip-flop that percentage and um, I don't think I would have done that without either being in the book or reading some other success stories of other investors who have uh, really done that and really focused on their passion and kind of let everything else kind of come to them. So um, that was a great realization from uh, being a part of the book and reading other chapters as well. Got it. Uh, so with that realization, what what are you focusing on now on the investment side? I know we talked a little bit about the syndications, um, so what, what exactly does that mean and, and what types of properties are you looking for and how is your experience being a broker and obviously you were kind of already doing the investing a little bit um, as part of a broker, as a lot of brokers do and, and should, um, how, is, how is it different? How is it similar? Right. So, um, so yeah, so as you mentioned syndication, syndication is basically, um, you know, buying bigger buildings 
um, that you normally couldn't afford on your own. So, you know, let's say there's a $5 million building and you need a million dollar down payment. Um, I don't have that sitting in the bank. So syndication is, um, you know, getting friends and family and other investors together to kind of pitch in and take that deal down. Um, so that's what syndication is, you know, a general overview. And um, what we're doing here in Phoenix, we're doing um, the syndication in the residential assisted living niche. So um, if you don't know what, you know, residential assisted living is, it's basically for um, the older population, a lot of the baby boomers when they get older, um, you know, they need help with daily activities of life. And, um, you know, we're just basically representing um, or buying the real estate. We're not uh, necessarily, you know, working on the, uh, the business of the operators and, um, you know, those operators are actually gonna be our tenants. So we strictly on the real estate side, um, we realize that's our passion, that's what we know and we wanna stick with what we know. Um, so yeah, we're buying up the real estate and renting it back to an operator who operates a residential assisted living and helping our investors create those multiple streams of income. Um, and then to your last question, um, yeah, as, a, as an agent here in Phoenix, it's definitely helped me um, you know, quite a bit with networking and, um, and honestly just understanding how the contract works, the you know, title companies and financing, you know, those past five and a half years as a realtor um, have really helped me you know, with my own real estate investments just to understand the, how the whole deal works and you know, basically taking it from, uh, from A to Z. And um, I'm sure you know in this business, you know, relationships are everything. So the relationships I've created in the last you know, five, six years have been uh, very beneficial for not only realtor, but real estate investing as well. That's great. That's great. And so um, in terms of the, the asset class, so you mentioned, you know, we have large baby boomer population. Um, you know, obviously we had the, you know, coronavirus crisis. Um, and, I, and you're not the only one who's starting to focus more on assisted living now, because I know that some operators actually got a little burned during the, you know, COVID and in July June, July time period, um, but had to pivot, had to invest heavily with filtration systems and, um, you know, basically had to do a large capital improvement plan. So I guess why, why are you so bullish on um, assisted living moving uh, forward? Yeah. I mean, we just, we like that, uh, that niche for a few different reasons. Um, you know, I think the number is 10,000 uh, baby boomers every day turn 65 years old. Um, so the numbers are just, the numbers are in our favor. That's a huge tailwind behind us. Um, and then Phoenix is just a great market for, um, you know, the elder population just because, um, you know, a lot of people from the Northwest, uh, you know, uh, Washington, Portland, they come down here, you know, there, there are snowbirds for, um, you know, six months of the year. And then a lot of people from the Midwest as well. Um, so usually, you know, older people, when they retire, um, you know, they move to warmer climates, mostly Florida, Arizona. Um, so Phoenix is just a great market for um, assisted living for, for those reasons alone. A lot of older people are coming here anyway, even before retiring or during retirement. And they just really like Arizona for, um, you know, it's, it's very um, affordable to live here, especially if you're coming from a market like California or the Pacific Northwest. Northwest can be very expensive as well. Um, so yeah, so that's why we, we really like this niche and uh, we really want to you know, feed into that niche and really, um, you know, just kind of go down that road and we're, um, yeah, we're really happy to go down that road. Great. Um, if there's one piece of advice to kind of, um, and I know you, there's many people who study, um, you know, like Warren Buffett and, um, 
you know, various, you know, billionaires and kind of their uh, success habits. Um, what's kind of one thing to leave our listeners with that, um, you know, outside of the morning routine and a couple of the other things you mentioned to kind of set them up for success, whether they're, like you said, 2020, a lot of people had to adjust somewhat um, with what they were doing. Um, you know, looking forward to 2021 and beyond, um, regardless of what happens in the world, how do you kind of change their mindset? And, and, you know, how do you put everybody in a positive mindset that everything's going to be okay? And, you know, how do you get over that? Yeah. So I think the key word you mentioned was mindset. Um, and that was a huge one for me because even about 18 months ago, I didn't really wrap my head around mindset or couldn't really understand it so well. And everybody kept talking about it. That was the buzzword. Um, and I was listening to a podcast the other day. They mentioned, you know, the how-to is out there, whether you want to you know, make money in real estate or stock market or start a business, the how-tos, there's gurus, there's Google, there's coaches. Um, but the mindset is really what you know, holds a lot of people back, including myself. Um, so that would be the main thing for me is to really dive into, or advice I would give is dive into mindset, dive into personal development, because um, I can speak personally for me. That's what really moved the needle this past year and opened up a lot of, a lot of doors and opportunities, you know, like, the, like the book we were talking about earlier. Um, if I didn't have that mindset or if I was a little anxious about it or wasn't sure or confident, like I don't know how to write a chapter and my chapter might not be good enough to be in this book. If I had those kind of thoughts, then I wouldn't be in the book and I probably wouldn't be on this podcast. So um, yeah, for me, mindset has, has moved the, the needle very, uh, very, very much. And um, that would be my one piece of advice is wrap your head around, you know, Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn and um, Hal Elrod, all those people, they, they know what they're talking about and they can really help you um, develop a, a positive mindset and business, personal relationships. I mean, all walks of life. Excellent. How could people find the book? I mean, obviously Amazon, right? But how could people find, how could people find you learn more about you and reach out to you? Yeah. So um, yeah, the, the book is on Amazon. It's really easy to find. I actually have it right here. It's the success habits of super achievers. Um, and then for myself, the easiest way is uh, through my website. It's uh, sevenfigurecapital.com, all spelled out. Um, and if you want to email me, it's real simple. It's just greg at sevenfigurecapital.com. Great. And we'll have a link to uh, Seven Figure Capital and Greg's uh, profiles in the description section on iTunes and in our social media posts. Uh, Greg, thank you again so much for coming on our show. Really appreciate it and hope to have you on again soon. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate the opportunity. Good talking to you, man. Excellent. Thank you.